Brandon Lewis here of Embedded Computing Design, and today we're speaking with Mike Rormoser, who is the Director of Product Management for Embedded Systems at Digi International. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Um, so one thing that always comes up is that there's not enough attention being paid to security. However, um, and this is coming from me as part of the media, uh, I think that with recent events like the GPAC uh, and you know some of the pacemakers and infusion pump hacks that have gone on, they may have been blown a little bit out of proportion because the whole story isn't always told. For example, with the GPAC, the two guys had months and months and months to um, attack the Uconnect system on that platform. Um, and they also had physical access and intimate knowledge of the systems there. Do you think, Mike, that some of the security concerns today are just a little bit overblown? Well, you know, I think it depends a little bit on how you look at it. But I would, I would say in general, no. I mean, even though, you know, let's say the Jeep Cherokee uh, um, exploit was certainly widely publicized and, and somewhat of a, maybe an anomaly, I think it does certainly point to the underlying issues that you have with uh, connected devices these days. So if you look at the IoT and the rapid growth that people are seeing with connected devices, both on the consumer and the industrial professional side, um, you know, they've certainly become much more vulnerable also to any kind of exploit. Um, and there is a number of factors that are, are contributing to that, I, w I would say, in, in, from, a, from a general design perspective also. is, And one of them, you know, a very obvious one, I think, um, that people maybe often underestimate is the fact that you, you have a very, very vibrant maker community out there, as you know. Mm. Um, and that is certainly something that also implies that, you know, you know, people are much more aware of how embedded systems are designed, how products are being built. Um, um, let's say, take a simple example, you know, a JTAG interface, for example. Um, you know, people, maybe only a few, you know, selected few who actually were directly involved in designing embedded products were familiar with that, what that is and what, what can be done with a JTAG interface. Now you have the maker community, people who deal with Raspberry Pis, Arduino platforms, um, you know, we have more intimate knowledge about how things are working actually internally, um, and that certainly extends to other aspects of designs as well, whether it's, you know, the, how radios are uh, being used, how, how Linux works in general, how Linux drivers are working from an embedded perspective. So um, I, I do think that has a, has a direct impact on, you know, how, how susceptible devices and products are actually out, uh, are out there from a design point of view, especially connected devices. And it also shows, I think, you know, if we look at the Chrysler example, that something that is built by people who certainly have a good understanding also on how to build, in principle, a secure device, you know, the Jeep exploit was inherently based on the fact that, you know, they were able to get to the specific vehicles over the serial network because the vehicles were essentially quote-unquote, authenticated through the IP address, which is, you know, bad practice in general. And then they were able to overcome step-by-step, step, you know, through a significant investment of time, like you said, but still, you know, to go through the systems in the design itself, through the infotainment system, update the firmware, go to a sub-system that actually had access to the canvas of the, of the vehicle, which allows you to control certain vehicle functions, update that subsystem through the infotainment system, so that shows you actually that you know a, a very you know a holistic you know view on device security that goes beyond the privacy of connection is very important 
um, even you know from an internal design point of view. And you know, so locking down those systems, making sure that nobody other than the vehicle uh, manufacturer, for example, can update firmware by using, for example, signatures, would have easily um, addressed that issue. So. Um, I do think it's, it's, it is an issue that affects almost every design, whether it's consumer um, or industrial professional um, devices um, with respect to the device security story. Great. Um, it's interesting there. You pointed out perhaps the dark side of the maker movement, dark side to everything, but uh, dark side there. Um, so also in when your explanation there at the end, you were talking about some of the deficiencies that uh, were in the G pack in terms of network security and using you know the IP addresses authentication. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think outside of that that the security story could have been different if there were uh, more protection on the hardware security side or on the software security side or, or maybe both? I think maybe I would say on both sides, but certainly you know I mean uh, it's certainly not good practice you know to be able to connect to a device. Um, you know, with IP address and that that being the the main form of authentication. But if you look at that, and that was actually also the case, you know, with some other publicized um, examples when it came to updating, you know, medical device firmware. Um, just making sure, for example, that you have a um, authenticated secure boot um, in place that actually allows you to only update images that carry the proper signature would actually at least you know provide another layer of security so let's say yes it's not a good practice to use an ip address as a quote-unquote device authentication mechanism but let's say if there would have been at least another layer of protection there that would have allowed to not update the infotainment uh, firmware um, that would have stopped it there you know at least make it much harder so I do think that it is very important that the different layers, you know, on the software hardware side are combined, and that it all is a is part of a sound system architecture. Actually, that includes the software and the hardware side um, equally um, from a from a design point of view. Great. And then on the on the on the hardware side, I'm sorry, um, are you talking about implementing separate chips? Um, how do you get a commonly used term? Uh, root of trust established. What's the best method for doing so? Well, there's certainly there's certainly different ways of doing it. I mean, modern application processes certainly do have capabilities, you know, that uh, include secure storage also, um, and they can they do support um, um, certain actionable item, um, activities as well. For example, if there's tamper-proofing involved, you know, specific secure storage areas in memory can be wiped automatically. But also, you know, uh, one, I think, important aspect also, if you look at embedded design, specifically in the non-consumer space, is that security requirements requirements will change over time. And making sure that your products have a chance to support those changes does include that, you know, you might want to maybe, um, you know, not just rely only on the main application processor, which might be around for a long time, but also use a secure element, um, which is a separate chip, as you mentioned, um, for example, to establish, you know, a root of trust. So essentially use that secure element as a vehicle that that gives you more uh, chance or a higher chance of actually growing with security requirements and decoupling it from the application processor that you might be using. Maybe even, you know, across different product lines, you might might use different application processors, but storing keys, for example, in a secure element 
gives you, um, if it's done right, gives you a good you know, root of trust as well. Um, using tamper-proofing mechanisms that you know wipe certain areas, you know, either in the secure element or in the application process, as, as I mentioned, is another another aspect. Um, and then, uh, last but not least, you know, you can also um, look at you know the secure element as something that might provide services and capabilities in the future um, that actually allows you to grow with specific security requirements, you know, that that you might not be able to foresee at this point. Um, so I, I do think that a sound strategy can actually and should include something that has longevity in mind and the ability to grow. And that is certainly not only a secure element. There's other pieces that, that come into play, like being able to upgrade the software of your device and or, for example, making sure that your design actually has enough memory to be upgradable, you know, so things like that. Um, so all that certainly becomes a, a very important part of the entire um, um, device security system architecture. Okay. Um, so kind of last question here, but it's a two-parter. Um, you know, at this point, people are kind of running out of excuses for um, not having security in their system. Um, why do you think that more systems aren't being secured with more robust solutions? I mean, is it still a, a matter of uh, the these solutions are still being designed into products right now. Um, and then second part is how do you get these this type of security, the hardware and software security combined, um, pushed on a large scale um, across markets, across verticals, and just out there um, in the world? So I think so. I think a lot of it, to some extent, is a little bit still awareness, even though that is a little... Uh, Flabbergasting, I think, you know, because you talked about the widely publicized, you know, um, exploits that, that, that were shared and have been shared for the last, you know, few years over and over again, whether it's medical devices, whether it's, you know, baby monitors, you know, webcams, vehicles, like we talked about, uh, building automation equipment, all of that. Um, it is interesting that if you look at some of the surveys that are out there um, with respect to what, what uh, embedded design engineers sometimes are focusing on, it, it seems like that security is still actually more on the lower end than on the higher end, you know, so which is uh, in terms of awareness and focus. So I think awareness still is an issue. I do believe that uh, some people might still think that, you know, security by, obs by obscurity, you know, meaning, okay, you know, I'm building an embedded device, um, you know, I know how this all works, you know, other people will not know how that actually all interacts and, and understand that. Um, that that is another layer of you know that people look at as you know as a uh, quote unquote security um, aspect, which I do believe is you know not valid. And you know some of the examples that we talked about certainly I believe are proof of that. Um, so that's certainly one thing. And then the other piece is you know the impl implementation of it is actually is not trivial either. You know so secure boots. Um, yes, you know a lot of chip vendors. You know NXP for example do provide. A higher high assurance boot, but the implementation of that boot strategy is actually not not trivial, and it's also not necessarily part of the of the customer's core competency. So that is the reason why, on our end, you know, we actually want to provide a secure. We will provide a secure um, software framework and software security architecture for embedded devices called DigiTrust Fence, and that will actually provide the key aspects um, that we talked about like um, secure connections, authenticated boots, secure software updates, you know, certificates and key management and storage, encrypted data storage, access control ports, and the, the secure element that we talked about. 
and provide that to a customer as an out-of-box solution. So you, you can actually lock down your device as much as you need to um, with a proven framework implementation um, and then also, most importantly, you know, with almost no implementation effort because, you know, we actually covered all that from a security framework perspective for our customers already. Great. So you think that uh, just an existence of the tools and a just enablement platforms uh, for security are going to help drive some more, um, lack of a better word, secure uh, solutions into the market? Yeah, I do. I do think so. That you know, if if that becomes an integral part, you know, like like all the other components that you let's say you have a you have an you're building an embedded device, you you take a Linux BSP, you put all those pieces together. What people do to support different peripherals, security becomes just an integral part of that. You know, so that what you get from a supplier, you know, that that is built that you're building your product on based on their technology, their the, the software, their product, the security becomes an integral part of that. Um, customers will start using it, you know, enabling it by default, so to speak, and that will then ultimately also help to to foster the whole device security story pervasively through the market. I do believe that will make a big difference, yes. Great. All right. Well, that's about all the time we have, but thanks, Mike. I appreciate your insight there. Uh, that was Mike Romoser, who's the Director of Product Management for Embedded Systems at Digi International. I'm Brandon Lewis with Embedded Computing Design slash IoT Design. Have a great day.